0: Second Member Radio and the Great Outdoors, welcome in Mark Cox here along with my partner Bo Matthews and producer Carl Middleman. Congratulations, Mark Cox. Well, I appreciate that, Carl. Uh, I know you're not talking about my deer hunting skills. What would you be referring to? <laughs> I'm talking about the ATF raffle you did oh, the day before Thanksgiving. Thank you for bringing that up. Uh, I really do appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. We we thanks to our listeners set a new record this year, and uh, I, I couldn't be more proud of everybody who showed up to help us out out at the range, St. Louis West. We picked the winner on um, we we picked the winner on Wednesday before. Thanksgiving. So uh, we have not been back with you since then, and this is a good time for us to celebrate. We we raised. Are you ready? A uh, thirty one thousand seven hundred forty two dollars this year, which was about eleven thousand seven hundred forty two dollars more than last year. Uh, isn't that great? That's I, sh- I take that back. Yeah. Six thousand seven hundred forty two dollars more than last year and the majority of it came in the last yeah. day that's where my brain was going we raised almost uh ten or eleven thousand dollars the final day Bo the final few yeah. hours so it was great
3: I, I was really I was expecting more people to be at the range um but the folks that run the Responder rescue I'll tell you what great people in tears they were shocked yeah and just to think of all the help that they can do, uh, for those first responders that need their help, uh, it's a great organization, and congratulations! To you. Thank you. you. Yeah,
0: job. Lisa and Pat are great. Uh, they run the RespondersRescue dot org. You can go there and donate. They have the backs of our first responders, uh, yep. so anything we can do, I mean, honestly, and you know, the the Andy Fry show helped us a lot. We were able to, uh, she was able to keep talking about it during her show that morning, and. um it was and, a last ditch. effort. Yeah, it was really a last ditch effort. Annie helped us out, and people just started donating, and we we I didn't think we were going to meet our goal, and we exceeded it by six grand. So thanks. To it just all
3: shows of you. you how, it just shows you how many people sleep in and miss <laughs> your show, and then they talk, then they listen to Annie. So well,
0: it is a different uh, audience, a different time of day, right?
3: Yeah. But, hey, I want to talk to all the losers out there. If you didn't win like I didn't win with Mark, uh, I've got a chance for you to win in our Year of Guns gun raffle. This is to support the Eureka Police Officer Support Fund. Now, they are $100 a ticket, and you're going to go, what? Well, that is. Uh, here's the couple of facts. Uh, only 250 tickets will be uh, sold. And that $100 keeps you in every drawing for the next 12 months, starting December 15th, which is our first drawing of a Sig Sauer uh, M400 Tread uh, rifle. But they've got so many. Uh, And thanks to Doc's guns, and ammo in Eureka, uh, they were able to acquire these and, and I went in to talk to Doc and he said in October of next year a Smith and Wesson sixty nine is a forty four Magnum handgun. Oh, he yes. says it is so hard to find that and he got one. Nice. So, so your I've best got, odds. I got now. my
0: ticket. I know I've got my ticket. So, you know, you if they haven't sold all the tickets by December fifteenth, our odds are even better, right? Yeah. Bo?
3: But I wanna <laughs> I wanna sell tickets. Today. I know you so, do. Please uh, please buy more tickets. Again, <laughs> It's only 250 tickets. You can reach out to me directly on Facebook and we'll connect and you can Venmo the cash or if we can meet up somewhere, um, I you know, I may you get have to meet one. Bo Matthews. Uh, what's that? You get to beat Bo Matthews. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, of course. What a, What a treasure that is. Anyway, <laughs> uh, go to the Eureka Police Officer Support Fund on Facebook or get a hold of me directly and we'll get you a ticket. Uh, heck, I've got two nephews in Florida that bought them online or, you know, sending money through Venmo. Right. All the money goes to the Eureka Police Officer Support Fund. It's going to be a great, great uh, event all year long on the 15th of each month. So gr- thank gr-
0: you. Yeah, great opportunity there. And I'm very excited. And honestly, it comes out to about $8 a month. It's like buying a ticket each month for eight bucks or so, right? roughly that yeah
3: Yeah, it's great and and these guns again are all really if they're not rare they are still difficult to find so i've never met a gun i didn't like Bo matthews i just have to tell you i've heard you know what i heard i heard a term i i I got i got a hold of a buddy of mine and i said hey i got these raffle tickets i'm telling him the whole spiel and he goes man i'm gunned up i've never heard that term (laughs) before i
0: i've not either maybe that's what his wife told him
3: I'm drunk you know, up. You're, I've, you're, I've heard that you're before. You're gunned up. You, mm-hmm. your safe
0: is full. You can't fit any more in there. All that good stuff. <laughs> exactly. It's a good. So, it's a good problem to have,
3: right? Well, if it is, <laughs> uh, but you got to make sure you can find the ammo too.
0: <laughs> well, there, there's uh, there's always that. I had trouble getting finding 3030 ammo there for a while, but it's uh, what? It's, it's back on shelves now. That's probably the most common rifle in America, a lever right. action 3030, and for a long time the particularly during the COVID years, the, the ammo was really hard to find the last couple of years.
3: It ha- it, you know what? And I noticed that they, you know, a lot of the uh, sites out there that sell ammo, yeah. their prices, you know, big b- Black Friday stuff or whatever. But the prices did creep up a little bit right after that. So you, you, you got to get it where you can. Yeah. You know? Stock no. up. That's what we need.
0: Stock up. Amen. Well, I'll tell you what. You know, here's the thing about it. And I I was very, I guess I should take this uh, as, as a blessing of sort, Bo Matthews. When I went deer hunting this year, I expended no ammunition.
3: Oh, you're, you're consa- looking at the bright
0: can I conserved ammunition this year because I didn't really have anything worth shooting at. So that, we're, <laughs> <laughs> But a lot of people did. And we got Dan Zarlinga coming up, a, a regional specialist with the Missouri Department of Conservation. And he's going to fill us in on the deer harvest and when you still have opportunities to hunt, which I guess I'm going to have to look forward to taking taking part in. <laughs> it's coming up on Second Amendment Radio in the Great Outdoors. We'll be right back.
3: Mark Cox in a slingshot, taking one down. <laughs> yeah. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. It is Second Amendment Radio and the great outdoors. My name is Bo Matthews. Mark Cox is here, and we've got our executive producer making the big bucks, Carl Middleman. How Bew, are you, buddy? Bew. I'm
0: playing this song <laughs> because of uh, we're going to recap deer season. And, um, You're just rubbing a little salt in the wound there, aren't you, Well, if you use a Middleman. salt lick, maybe you would have got one. Nothing from <laughs> no. nothing leaves nothing.
3: This uh this segment is brought to you by Razorback Armory and they are ready for you. Matter of fact, uh, be listening for information on their huge SIG sour. Special going on through the month of December. So uh, think holiday shopping at Razorback Armory and DePere on Manchester Road, just east of 270. And uh, now we go to our Missouri Brush Control guest line because we are going to get a download of what was downloaded over deer hunting season. Dan Zarlenga, media specialist from the St. Louis region for the MDC, the Missouri Department of Conservation. Welcome back to the show. How are you, Dan?
2: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, guys. Always
0: appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I, they they like to give me a hard time, Dan, because I, I went out the first, the opening Saturday of gun season, and the following Saturday of gun season, and did not fire my weapon. And uh, they've been giving me a lot of grief over that because Bo Matthews' granddaughter got two deer, and I got
3: yes, zero. She did. <laughs> yeah, but you were playing Ooh, words with friends in your okay. deer stand. You can't be doing that, Mark. <laughs> Maybe that's well, we like it.
0: to think you're selective. Yeah, that's it. I'm just selective. I, I I opted not to harvest a deer. I did see one, but it was too small. So <laughs> uh-huh. there
3: you have it. So so that well, means no deer were taken in because better. Mark didn't get, Mark didn't get one. So Dan, what's the download you've got for us?
2: Well, if it makes you feel any better, we our, our total harvest was down about three percent this year and I, so we'll just put you into that <laughs> three percent so if it had been the same you got one
0: i'm a but, three percenter that's uh, my, new, uh, that's so my I, new logo
2: yeah you're the three percenter so that makes you feel any better <laughs> but uh, yeah so you know we I, no, actually overall the, the the season went really well we had uh during the november portion we had uh, 193,000 over 193,000 total harvested and uh, if you want the exact number, one hundred ninety three, six hundred sixty nine. So that uh, it's still a pretty good harvest. Uh, as I mentioned, we were three percent lower than last year, but you know, still within the range of our five-year average. So we're, you know, no, 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 big deal there. And if I had to speculate, my uninformed speculation is that we just had kind of warmer weather, which. It's great for hunters, but not so much for hunting. So uh, maybe the deer weren't moving quite as much. Might explain that 3%, but that's just my speculation. But um, our top harvest counties, Franklin, Texas, and Howell. And so Franklin Whoa. is our powerhouse right here in the St. Louis region. We're, that's almost always in the top three, if not the top county most of the time. So uh, Franklin harvested over 4,000 deer. So we did really good. Did really good there. And um, like I said, we're pretty much right on average, 2% above our five-year average. Yeah. So, uh, for, so, for, for, so all,
0: for all my friends listening good. in Franklin County, uh, I will entertain offers for hunting next year. Thank you very much. Because <laughs> I clearly, I was in all Warren right. County, and I had, you can... I had no luck, so... <laughs>
2: Yeah, well, Franklin's always our powerhouse. And, you know, that's probably due to a good deer habitat, but also a lot of people there and a lot of people from St. Louis go there. So it's a, it's a convergence of things, I believe. But, um, yeah, so uh, overall went pretty well. And we, of course, those first two days of uh, the uh, firearm season, we um, November 11th and 12th, we had the mandatory testing for CWD and that went really well. We appreciate all the hunters who helped and cooperated with that effort. It's really important to keep a tab on that disease so we can you know, keep our deer herd healthy. We had about 20,600 uh, samples turned in during that, uh, that two day period. So that's a really, really huge help for us. And that was uh, that applied to about 39 counties in the state that were within the CWD management zone.
3: So and Dan, Dan Dan's is our, our thanks to
2: everyone.
3: Yeah, Dan Zarlinga is our guest from the Missouri Department of Conservation, St. Louis region. Um, have you already received the data from the chronic wasting disease testing, uh, or does that take some time to get that back? And if so, what what did you guys find?
2: Yeah, so and I haven't got the results as far as any analysis of the results back yet. The results are trickling in. Uh, about 10 days to two weeks is usually the turnaround, so we're right in that period where those results are coming back. So folks are interested who did uh, submit uh, their deer for testing either during those two days or any time during the season because you can you can submit a deer voluntarily throughout the entire season. Um, you can go to our website, mdc.mo.gov, and you can look up the results of your specific uh, so that that really helps and then oh, yeah. once we get all those results in and analyze we'll have a, be in a better position to determine whether the new positives or, or you know how things were going with that data
0: so so dan I know there, early for that I, I know there was a bit of an extended season this year w- correct me if I'm wrong but wasn't it referred to as a CWd um extension is that what that was
2: yeah so we did uh, so one of the significant things about this 23 23- year season here, 2023 season, is we did add an additional extension, as you say, it's called our new CWD portion, and that ran pretty much right after the, the the you know, main November firearms season closed, uh, and it started November 26, 22nd and went through the 26th, so that gave hunters an extra few days to harvest deer within the CWD management zone counties, and so basically it's an opportunity for hunters if they had a tag, that they weren't able to fill during the regular season, that gave them a second chance. And, um, we, and with, we had about 1,700 deer to, uh, harvested during that, uh, that four-day period. So that just helps kind of with our CWD management. If we get those populations down a little bit in those particular counties, it help, helps inhibit the spread of the disease,
3: basically i want to know a little bit more about it if somebody were to take a deer in and harvest it and process it and consume it does it does it hurt the humans or is it really more about the herd of deer that are out there in the state of missouri
2: so it's it's uh, what we're, we're obviously concerned with the health of the deer herd so right now we're lucky enough that chronic wasting disease for the most part is is below one percent prevalence so while it is oh, okay. has expanded in terms of its range prevalence is still extremely low. Now, as far as consuming deer is concerned, I mean, obviously it's a personal choice, but um, there has been no evidence to show the chronic wasting disease can be transmitted to humans. But that being said, the Centers for Disease Control does not recommend consuming a deer that has tested positive for CWD. So we go with that recommendation. We recommend that you not do it just for safety's sake. Um, so if you can hold off, you got a deer, you haven't got the results, if you can hold off eating it, you know, keep it in the freezer or whatever until you get those results back, you'll have that peace of mind.
0: Yeah, you know, Dan, you mentioned that the the, 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 the harvest was down about 3% this year. When it comes to that number, does the Department of Conservation have a target goal in mind? Because clearly part of this is about population control. You you have a rough idea of what, Mm -hmm. what that number needs to be. The fact that it's dropped, does that either mean hunters were less successful, the weather wasn't good, or you guys have been successful in your attempts to thin out the herds a little bit?
2: You know, this is kind of my speculation here. I I think it's probably weather related. We just have a pretty warm stretch there, you know, 60 degrees. It got up that high in, in many of those days. So they're just, and then we have rain, really rainy weekend, I believe, or some, in there somewhere too on a day. So I just, I think it's just mainly weather related. The reason we institute it's a little bit more liberal, uh, you know, hunting for the season, it's because we have a really good solid deer population. Yeah. And we feel that it's kind of at a point where we need to kind of balance that out a little bit before it starts getting too big in some areas. So I don't think it's numbers of deer really that were the issue. I think it's probably mostly this weather related, you know, uh the warm weather and all that probably and it's down only three percent, so that's not a lot. So it's probably just and, weather's just a little yeah. warm enough so the deer weren't moving quite as much as, as typical.
3: Is, is it is it me or is there more people saying that uh, there have been more deer hit and laying alongside of roads than I've ever seen? It seems in my area uh, of Jefferson County, it seems like they're just everywhere on the side of the road, which is just such a waste.
2: Yeah, that that is an issue, uh, and I, again, we don't have numbers or data yet for any of that. I've just empirical observations, and I admit I was going up and down I forty four opening weekend and. I saw a deer there too, you know um, so you know if there's more, I'm not sure but it, or because we don't have exact data on that or whether that just seems like there's more because we're noticing them but definitely we kind of feel overall that this most places that the deer herd is getting right to that cusp where we want to start doing something about sort of managing those numbers. So that's one of the reasons why we did, as I say, increase. We added an extra antlerless uh, portion uh, back in the beginning of October, first weekend of October. We've uh, liberalized the number of antlerless tags available in, in many counties and increased the number of tags. And, of course, we added this new CWD portion, which was to manage CWD, but also to contribute to that overall number management of deer so that's one of the things we've done you know we feel like the deer herd is getting right to that cusp where we need to start intervening a little bit and and opening up opportunities for hunting to kind of balance those numbers
0: well, Dan, I appreciate you taking it easy on you me, come and check. but but I have to tell you that my nephews uh, both got deer. One of them got two deer uh, that weekend on the same piece of property, so um, I don't have any really good... I can't blame the weather. I was kind of hoping you'd tell me that you've just done such a good job thinning the population out. That's probably why I didn't get a deer. <laughs>
3: Are, was, you, are you the fishing. weird uncle of the? Okay. Are you the weird uncle of the family? Will they give you some of their harvest there, They're, Mark? They or are you will. weird I'll, uncle Mark? I'll
0: get some jerky. Don't worry. At some point. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, now you
2: you <laughs> still got opportunities. You have still got opportunities if you're if you're good with a bow and arrow. You've got till January fifteenth to get out there and do some hunting. We've got a late antlerless portion coming up December second through the tenth in yeah. the counties that apply and we've got alternative methods from December 23rd to January 2nd so if you want to try your you know hand at a handgun or an atlatl or a muzzle loader you've got that opportunity as wow. well wow so all yeah. hope is not
0: lost that this is true can can you can you hunt deer with a 357 handgun i've got one with a 6 inch barrel i don't know if that would qualify or not <laughs>
2: Yeah, I believe you can. I'd want to double-check on the regs on that, but as far as I know, generally speaking, handguns are permitted.
0: Okay, all right, good. You know, for that
2: that uh that um alternative season on uh December
0: 23rd. Once again it increases the deer's odds if I'm out there. Let's just put it that way. So uh we'll we'll, do, we'll just stick with that. <laughs> not, not
3: and not to beat okay, a dead well, deer, but know,
0: the deer will be happy to see you. Yeah, no
3: kidding. Not not to be a dead deer, but does anybody take in uh the data on on the roadkill deer? Uh does anybody like sheriff's departments or anybody like that do that to help you guys understand?
2: Yeah, sometimes I think we'll get some of that from like St. Louis County uh, or, uh, yeah, like you say, perhaps Sheriff's Department. I know St. Louis County does have some contractors that come out and remove the deer. Um, yeah. So they may have those numbers as well. So that is something to definitely to look at. I know it, so it, the uh, whole deer vehicle thing is definitely a lot worse like in urban areas. We, we typically have like about, if I remember the numbers right, about 3,000 a year that get hit in, this, in, in um, Missouri as a whole. So it is, you know, that, that at least that are reported that we know of. So it is it is a thing, and, you know, we always try to tell folks, you know, it's in kind of inevitability. because we have a lot of deer and we get to the urban areas. We, you know, we don't have as much hunting op- of, of opportunity for obvious reasons. And so, you know, it is kind of a mix for deer to proliferate. And so that's why we encourage uh, municipalities, which a lot of them have, to allow archery hunting in their areas. And then, of course, there are a couple of municipalities out there that are now doing targeted culling of deer, uh, like Town and & Country, and uh, the Town of Wildwood is also doing that, too, to try to help balance those numbers. And then, you know, those deer are all tested, and if they come up negative for CWD, then they're donated to uh, our Share of the Harvest Program to help feed the, the hungry. So that's sort of a win-win situation there. But that's always going to be a challenge, of course, when you're in an urban area, oh, unfortunately.
0: Boy. It's true. And um, in Wildwood, I can yeah. tell you specifically, deer car season is all year long. <laughs> because <laughs> I I, <Yeah. laughs> I bet I saw six or seven deer between my house and Highway 40 this morning as I left for work. Yep. They're everywhere.
2: Yeah. And yep. that's going to be a little bit, you know, of course, we all know the rut, November, December, late October. Mm-hmm. That's So it's always going to be a little worse then when they're moving around more. Um, and we try to urge folks to be a little bit more careful when they're driving in, you know, those areas where there's liable to be deer around. But, yeah, it's just a thing. It's a challenge. It's a challenge. I mean, our main, you know, sort way of trying to uh, keep deer herds in balance is through hunting and yep. in areas where hunting is a little more difficult, there's always going to be that challenge, especially if there's good habitat like there is in places like Town and & Country and Wildwood. So you've got good habitat, lots of deer, and then not a really good opportunity, you know, for large-scale hunting in those areas. So well, it's always going to be a little bit of a challenge, but it helps with some of the some of the, um, just municipalities like I say, are, are uh, allowing for mm-hmm. bow hunting and then in some cases doing the targeted culling. So well, that, that's some of our tools to try to help ma- mitigate that, that issue.
0: Dan Zarlinga, Missouri Department of Conservation, we appreciate your time, my friend. Thank you.
2: Sure. Always appreciate you coming on, guys.
0: Absolutely. We'll talk to you again soon. We appreciate that. So there you have it, Bo.
3: That's awesome. I just need to start hunting Okay, so with my you got st- you still got a chance. Yeah, you don't you don't <laughs> bow hunt though, do you? I, do you bow-
0: I have bow hunted with a crossbow before, but not an actual bow because I just wow. I've never practiced that skill set. But we'll see. Oh, well, you still I, got a chance. <laughs> I just got to go out when it's colder. That's it. That didn't see that or with your
3: three fifty seven oh, yeah. Clint Eastwood style.
0: Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe. All right, coming up, we're gonna, uh, you know, in the state of Illinois now. If you have one of those scary black rifles, you're supposed to be a good person, a law-abiding citizen. Go and register it. Very few of you have chosen to do that. We're going to talk to Illinois State <laughs> Rep. Dan Calkins about that coming up on Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors.
3: Don't, no, don't, don't, that's what you say. <laughs>
0: Second Amendment Radio in the Great Outdoors. I think what Elvis is telling us there is don't register your weapon if you're in the state of Illinois. You think that's his message, Carl Middleman? Is that what you're telling me? Um. I, this is <laughs> Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors is not legal advice. Please no, consult an attorney. Thank you. Yeah, I'm. I'm just teasing. There is there is a Reddit post out there in Illinois though telling people not to. I, it, legally, starting October first, you had to start registering your scary black rifle if you own one under this ridiculous law that that uh, that, that these progressives have passed in Illinois.
3: Yeah, but but at least the the people that are the bad guys in Chicago will will, will then will know who they are.
0: Well, that how did I overlook Genius. that? Wow, we could go to their <laughs> homes and find out who the criminals are. Said no one ever. I mean, that's not good. Come on, uh, but I appreciate the tongue in cheek comment there. Let's get to uh, Representative Dan Calkins from uh, Decatur, Illinois, and uh, in the Illinois House of Representatives, and we appreciate uh, him joining us again today, uh, Representative. How are you?
1: Doing great. Thank you very much. Good to be with you.
0: Yeah, good to be with you. You know, I saw this story originally in, I think, one of the Chicago papers that even though registration has been underway since October 1st, less than .001% of the 2.4 million, uh, registered million FOID-registered people in the state have actually taken the time to go in and register their weapons. That doesn't surprise me at all.
1: No, it's not surprising, and, and, and there's a couple of reasons for that. Uh, first, people that are intending to register, I think, are holding off, waiting to see if something happens in the courts. So there'll be a mad rush the last week of December, which will crash the system. <laughs> Illinois State Police aren't prepared for that. Uh, and uh, the other group is people that just refuse to uh, be commanded to, to uh, lose their Second Amendment rights. I I read that if at the current pace of registration, if it continues, it will take one hundred thousand seven hundred years
3: for everyone to register. Well, good. Okay, at least we have an end date. Well, at, you know, it, it, to, to your
0: to your point, it, it could take that long. It seems to get a legal conclusion to this. I I have every confidence in the world, as maybe you do too, that when this finally gets to the high court. They're going to get smacked down in Illinois because this is an this is an infringement on the rights of every individual living in the state of Illinois.
1: Absolutely, it is, and as you know, we've we've attacked this from a different perspective, but the end result would be the same if the Supreme Court, the U.S. Supreme Court, agrees with our case. Um, this this and this is why I think you're seeing the state's attorneys and sheriffs be very very reluctant to get involved because they know that that, that common sense and, and their experience tells them that this law will not stand the, the legal test and they don't want to be responsible uh you know for for getting in the middle of this and maybe finding themselves on the wrong side of a lawsuit.
3: Mm-hmm. Representative Dan Calkins, a, R- a Republican out of Decatur area of Illinois. Since we're right here on the border, of the bi-state area, uh, Dan, does this just cover uh, the the registration of the, as Mark calls it, the scary black rifles, or is it all hand, is it all handguns too, or is it just the, the long guns?
1: No, I, it's it's a very extensive uh, potpourri of of, of items. Uh, Semi-automatic rifles, uh, shotguns, uh, pistols that uh, have over fifteen-round magazines, oh, parts, my. pieces, handguards, uh, trigger assemblies, uh, any spare parts that you might have, uh, any magazine that uh, rifle magazine that holds over fifteen rounds, uh, fifty-caliber uh, ammunition has to be registered. The, it's it's a massive list of of items that. I think uh, somebody in Washington or New York City or someplace threw all everything into the pot and just said, "Here, here you guys in Illinois, go pass this, and that." And now we're having to deal with it.
0: Yeah, you know the the sad part about it is all the time on here on Common Sense Radio. That's what I call us. You, you, you. We point out to people that it's not the law-abiding gun owner that you need to worry about. It's people who are criminals who are willing to commit criminal acts. There are a thousand laws on the books that already make those activities illegal. And yet here we have wording in this language that specifically says, if you fail to register your firearm in the state of Illinois, it first the first endorsement, the first failure to file is a class A misdemeanor. The second, any subsequent violation would be a felony and I mean, it is a shame in this country that we've come to the point that something you owned yesterday was legal, and by tomorrow, if you haven't signed up with your local government to let them know that you own it, they could charge you with a felony. That that's outrageous.
1: It, it's it's way far worse than that. But here's 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 another wrinkle to this: the permanent rules have not been put in place for this registration. We don't have the permanent rules. Permanent rules are due to be uh, promulgated sometime in January. How does that? <laughs> let's think about that. Think we're operating under emergency rules that were that were put out by the, this, this, our government. Uh, Governor Prisker is the, the main culprit here, and we don't even have a permanent rule. So who's to say that something pops up in January that you hadn't anticipated, and now you're a felon? Yeah. Think about
3: that, and that that's changes how, your whole life too. That well, changes it, your it whole does. life. If if you're a felon, you can't be a business owner. Mm-hmm. You can't be a you know. You can't do a lot of things. You can't buy a home. You got issues. Probably can't get a job or have a hard time getting a job. I mean, there's you know some yeah. people out there, but uh, it, it it changes a lot. So I don't see how it can go forward. Uh, Mr. Calkins, uh, could you tell me um, is there a fee for registering your firearms in the state of Illinois? Then
1: no, there is no fee. Uh, you oh, go online. Right. Yeah, no, it's free. Yeah. It's free until they come and take them away. Obviously, yeah, but Right. <laughs>
0: well, no, you, it's guy. an
1: online, online registration through the Illinois state police. Um, you use your, uh, FOID card, uh, portal, you know, you go on and log on to your Foid card account and that's where the registration uh, takes place. Now, I'm not sure how many people actually remember their password. And how to get into the FOID card. Sure. So. Yeah. Uh, it's going to create another problem because there's, you know, you have to call somebody at the Illinois State Police and have them help you get your recover, your password, or reset your password. This thing is, is going to be an administrative nightmare for the Illinois State Police.
3: Well, yeah. they can't arrest anybody anymore. So, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> they've got all this time on their hands. I guess they could do that. You and, know. And but it, it's going to crash the system at the end of the year, isn't it?
1: Oh, yeah. No, it's going to be an absolute nightmare uh, if this thing continues on. And, I mean, it's just it's, it's craziness. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, you know, we've got court cases going on. Uh, we've got uh, down in the, you know, the, the Southern District, uh, Judge McGlynn's got oral arguments coming up here in another week or so our U.S. Supreme Court case, uh, Governor Pritzker has until uh, the 14th of December to respond to our request for the U.S. Supreme Court to intervene. Uh, We're going to uh, amend our complaint this uh, coming week uh, on the discovery that the state uh, Senate president's attorney uh, had a secret political action committee that funneled Seven plus million dollars into the U.S. or to the Illinois Supreme Court races, and then he sat there in oral arguments, sat right in front of these the judges in the Illinois Supreme Court during oral arguments that he had his pack had just spent over seven million dollars to get two of them elected. What do you think of that?
0: Uh, that's uh, shocking and not not surprising. No, no, not really. I mean, no, not no. not surprising.
1: So we're, we're we uh, you know we're on the docket. Uh, the U.S. Supreme Court has asked the Illinois Supreme Court to forward the record. Uh, we're not going to make the December conference. I suspect it'll be a January or February conference, and we're asking the uh, U.S. Supreme Court to tell the two judges in the Illinois Supreme Court, the two Democrats that were bought and paid for by Prisker and Harmon and Welch and. Kwame Raoul, bought and paid for, I mean, millions. Prisker gave each of them a million dollars. Uh, the secret Pact gave them, you know, spent seven million plus dollars to get them elected. And we're we're asking the Supreme Court to, to tell these two judges to, that, that the that they need to recuse themselves from hearing this case.
0: I hope they I hope they take action on that. We're talking to Representative Dan Calkins from Decatur. You know, I imagine a worst-case scenario here, and I'm not suggesting that I believe this will actually get to this point because I think eventually the court will overturn this, hopefully sooner rather than later. But under the Safety Act, uh, if you follow the letter of the law here, a a non-citizen could become a law enforcement officer and then end <laughs> up taking away your guns, which are protected under the Second Amendment.
1: Well, it was a separate bill that, that that became law that allows that to happen. Um, there's some question about how a non-U.S. citizen could become a, a sworn law enforcement officer, but it's just the fact that the Democrats put forth a bill that would that would accomplish this. Uh, is stunning it's just stunning on its face and, and and all of the flaws were pointed out in, in debate on the house floor and they didn't care no. they don't care no
0: it, it, it it's a good point and you know I, I will say a lot of the prosecutors particularly in the red counties right have come out and said uh, and law enforcement, we're not enforcing this, right? I mean, they're they're like we we respect the law, but we're not going to be going house to house. We're not we're not going to be uh, uh, enforcing uh, this law. I think a lot of them uh, it puts them in a bad
1: spot. It's a real quandary, right? Oh, absolutely, it puts them in a bad spot, uh, both in their own community, and I think possibly legally. Um, I I think what will happen if, if there's an issue uh, is that you're going to see the state's attorneys and sheriffs deferring to the Illinois state police. They're going to go, hey, look, you know, this is a state deal. Um, I don't have the time. I don't have the resources, nor do I have the inclination to uh, go knock on somebody's door. And I'm not putting my uh, my employees, my sworn officers at risk. So. Yeah. Uh, so here you, Illinois state police, you go do it. Yeah. You go. You you just go take care of this, and uh, you know you you want to come to court. Uh, you know have your day, but um, I you know I think that what we're seeing is that uh, the state's attorneys and sheriffs are being very cautious. They're not uh, you know sticking a finger in the eye of of of, of the governor governor, but at the same time I, they're sending a very subtle message that this is not something they're going to participate in.
3: Well, and if they don't, uh, Mr. Calkins, uh, if they don't, would that then move it up to, well, you said the state police, but then could that move it to the FBI or the uh, ATF? Because we saw the Biden administration add 87,000 IRS agents, which I think a lot of them uh, had to get registered uh, for, to be a firearms carrier. Maybe they're they're colliding these two departments. Uh, would it move to a federal level to come in and enforce this in the state of Illinois?
1: No, this is a state law. It's a state. It, it has to do with our, our enforcement. This isn't a federal law. The, the, the problem is going to come in with if the state of Illinois is, has illegally maintained a registry of, of people who have purchased, uh, you know, guns uh, over the last years. Uh, the other thing that they could do is go to these FFLs and demand to see their logbooks, which they have every right to do now and start combing through looking for people whose names are in these log books who then, uh, cross-reference with the registration, mm-hmm. uh, and, and try to go after people that way. But they still, they still have to have a search warrant to come to your house and, and take, take something or to, to, you know, prove their case. That means they have to go to court, um, I don't know, that, you know, I don't find a state's attorney that actually wants to cooperate. Uh, I think it's going to be difficult. Then it's going to be up to our judges. Do our judges, wow. you know, do they really want to issue a search warrant? Or are they going to say, well, you know, I don't, uh, I'm not sure about this. And, um, you know, people need to have an opportunity to come and defend themselves or not. I mean, this could this could be tied up in court and, and more litigation for months and months and months, but it's, it's, it's so, so convoluted and vague and, and, and mm-hmm. um, unenforceable in a lot of ways. I mean, you, you watch the, the hearings that the Illinois state police were forced to hold and every answer was, well, refer to the facts, you know, we've got <laughs> a thing on our website or it's going to be up to your, to the local state's attorney. And, and it's, and it's uh it's not good. No. Uh, it, it, it,
0: there's nothing good about it. Uh, Dan Calkins uh, we are out of time my friend but we certainly appreciate you uh, giving us some time this morning and please keep up the good fight and keep us up to date. Definitely.
1: Thank yep. you. Thank you for uh, the time to talk to your audience this morning. Really appreciate what you guys are doing down there. Call anytime.
0: We'll do it. Thank you very much. The uh, Illinois State Rep Dan Calkins from uh, Decatur. Uh, he's been in office since uh, 2018. He's an Army veteran, and uh, he's, he's out there fighting the good fight, Bo.
3: Absolutely. Uh, and and he was on the Missouri Brush Control Gas Line. Well, uh, I, I had to get that in there. Uh, you know what though? It's it's so frustrating. Uh, Mark, don't laugh at me. Don't what what? Hey, you know what I want to say to you advertisers? You're such a professional what, Elon Musk, I you need are. you in here right now. <laughs> 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 uh, no, but it is. It's scary because it's like we're living in the Matrix. How yeah. much more crazy can this world get? and how much crazier will be in the next 12 months yeah 11 months and
0: nothing that goes on a registration list like that will ever disappear so think think long and hard about that if you yeah and i will
3: tell you that that decision uh, my father-in-law when he passed last year he had uh he had some firearms in the state of new york and if you if we didn't rescind those my and uh, my uh wife's uncle knew the law you had to take them and you know return them to the law enforcement so they could do the background check if they wouldn't have known that, they would have knocked on my mother-in-law's door. Wow, it's scary like that. It, it, it could be scary in Illinois like that soon.
0: All right, that's going to yeah. do it for this edition of Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. We'll see you right here next
3: Saturday. See you, boys. Do-